Today is going to be a pretty intense message that's going to be way over your head, literally. So prepare yourself because uh, I'm not going to hold back or dumb this message down. If you grab onto a power line, you're grabbing onto 345,000 volts of electricity. If you grab onto a power line, you are not going to be able to contain yourself. You're not going to be able to restrain yourself. You're going to basically be electrocuted and fried, and your body's going to do whatever it's going to do when you grab onto it. Okay, now you need to understand that when you step into God's presence, that you're stepping into 345,000 volts or more of electricity and power. And so when you step into that kind of power, you have to learn how to move with him, not against him. So where's Nathan? Come here, Nathan. Come up here. So Mark's not here today. Mark and Tina are shooting a wedding in San Antonio. But Mark, Mark has a Nathan, our, our worship directors here. And so Nathan and Mark have a responsibility to take us into the presence of God and around the throne room together corporately. Now, I love 345,000 volts of electricity and I love power, but real power is restrained and real power knows how to move together with the Lord in the midst of it. Nathan and Mark have a responsibility to lead us into the presence of God. He is the worship director. He, together with the Lord, determines the direction that we're gonna go when we worship. If he decides, based on where the Lord's leading, that we are to go into an intimate moment of deep, profound, reverent worship, that's his decision, and I'm submitted to that. Now, I understand that I'm the ultimate worship leader in the room. As the shepherd and the pastor, I can determine anywhere I want this sanctuary or congregation or the move of God to go, whether it's with the Lord or without the Lord, right? But I'm submitted to him because I put him in charge as the chief musician together with Mark. Now, I want you to sing Amazing Grace for us. Sing it a little louder. Get him a microphone. There you go, yeah. Go ahead. Amazing grace. Yeah. How sweet yeah. The yeah. Sound Whoa. That's okay. Here's my point. Listen to my point. Sorry, I probably busted your eardrum. I want y'all to understand something. I love extravagant praise. I love flags, tambourines, shofars, drums, but I love them in the proper order and the proper way and the proper time. If there's anything that I'm doing that draws the attention to me off of Christ, I'm out of order. If there's anything that I'm doing to dishonor where the worship director is taking us, we're out of order. My point is this, anything that's a distraction is a distraction. But when you grab on a 345,000 volts of electricity, you're going to be a distraction. Do you understand? Where this church is taking us and the message I'm going to share with you today about entering into high praise. See, high praise is not about the song. High praise is not about the personality. High praise is not about, in a sense, the extravagance. High praise ultimately is about us together as a family in unity, going to the throne room as one. I want to go to the throne room. I want to disengage from here and engage with the presence of God and the worship that's taking place there. But if this is selfish or about me or dishonors where the worship leader and director is taking us as a family or where the presence wants us to go, the presence of God wants us to go, or the river, then we're out of line. Anything that draws attention to me takes attention off him. Go ahead and sit down. Let's give Nathan a hand clap. Now, let me say something. Sweetheart, what's your name? I'm David. Nice to meet you. So you are created to worship. You're extravagant. You're passionate. You're loud. I love it. 
I'm not offended at all by your shouting. In fact, I love that. You are wild and created to worship the Lord and storm the gates of hell. You fit here. But hang on a second. But you have to learn as a tribe and as a family that we're all together going to the throne. So when Kevin came up to talk with you and the leaders came around, I'm so proud of you for not getting offended and leaving. I'm very proud of you. Okay, give me a hug. All right. Now listen, Kayla, and I'm going to say this to everybody because y'all fit here. This is a church of broken people, people that were once outcasts that have been redeemed just like yourself. But, but when God brings you into a house like this and you step into 345,000 volts of electricity, see, I had to learn this. I've told this story here. Is this your first time here? Okay. I've told this story publicly. I went to an all-black church in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I was on a business trip, and I picked an outreach church similar to this. Called, it was called Victory Outreach. And when I walked in, the band was grooving, and it was incredible. I stepped into power. But the people were not expressing the Lord in a way that I felt was extravagant or passionate according to my design. I know it's not. And mine wasn't either. But what happened was when I stepped to the side, I kind of stepped out of the aisle a little bit and I started to extravagantly shout and praise like you were today. But somebody came over and said, we don't do that here. Now we do do that here. But what you have to understand is there's a flow together with Nathan and us that we're moving in together. See, I need your shout. I need your warfare. I need your praying in tongues. I affirm you. Now, you can choose as a piece of a, a, a jigsaw puzzle to join together with us, and I hope that you do, because there's something inside of you that's pretty awesome. I'm telling you. And that's why the devil's worked so hard on your life to beat you down. But learn from me today. I'm for you, okay? I'm for you. All right, let's give her a hand clap for that. And so when they asked me to sit down at that church and kind of move me back to my seat, personally, I was offended. Did I think that they were restrained in an unhealthy way? Sure. Should I have been submitted to that house properly? Yes, I should have. And so my heart is for all of us to be extravagant like Kayla, but in the right way in the right time. Because there's a time for everything. There's a time to bow in reverence and silence. There's a time to lift your hands in surrender. There's a time to throw your hands as if you're warfaring and throwing a stone or a spear. There's a time to dance. And there's a time to sing. And there's a time to just play the instruments with no singing where we're just worship. It's called zamar. You're just literally worshiping the Lord on your instrument. And what happens is, is when the band's playing, Many of us don't know what to do. We're like, I got to sing. I got to pray. I got to say. No, you don't. What you have to do is let the sound of the worship penetrate your heart and engage with it with the sound of your vocal cords or your windpipe because everybody has an instrument and everybody has hands and everybody can kneel and everybody can shout, but shouting must be done at the right time. So if Nathan's singing, if we're singing a beautiful, sweet song, it's like a clanging tambourine. Yeah, 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 woo It's like, wait a minute, that's not the time, right? So there's a time for everything. There's a time for everything. Can you imagine if somebody just stood up here with a tambourine or a shofar at, for 40 minutes straight and just playing and blowing, playing and blowing the whole time? It would become a distraction. You understand? Now, sometimes God can ignite somebody to lead us out together corporately, Right? So Thomas, for example, I love Thomas and I trust his heart. Stand up, Thomas. I love this guy. Now, Thomas, we could be in a moment of worship and Thomas gets a, a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or a prophetic declaration that shifts the congregation or Adam Johnson. He's, he's very good at that. But the thing is, is if they do it at the wrong time, not in the flow of the spirit, it's of them and not of the Lord. And sometimes I get so ignited, I just want to shout, but that's not the direction it's going. But imagine if it is going that way, and he at the right time in the spirit, and he at the right time in the spirit, each side of the sanctuary lets out a shout, or Prophet Kevin Prosh in the back, who's a high executive seer, 
comes from the back declaring a word. You're like, what's happening? But in the right time, your hair stands up and the, and the presence of God hits like a nuclear bomb because it was in the right time by the Spirit is what I'm trying to get you to understand. Now, I can't control it, but I can direct it. Think of me as a conductor or Nathan as a conductor. You guys, you can be seated. <laughs> Think of us as conductors moving with the Lord, right? Now, there's what? There's 250 to 275 people here and people watching online. All of us have different backgrounds, personality styles, preferences, different mindsets about worship, what it looks like. And then as soon as she starts shouting, somebody gets offended. Why is she, what is she doing? And maybe she is being a distraction to you. That can happen. In the middle of Amazing Grace or a sweet song, shouting, yeah, declaring. But are you getting offended? Because I had to check my own heart. We should never get offended. What we have to do is learn to move together as a family. And I know some of you are here visiting for the first time or watching for the first time. And I'm gonna assure you the first time you come, you're gonna sit next to somebody that's a distraction to Christ. Like, what is that? I was up there during worship. I'm like, this is the most swirly church. It is like, what is happening at Rock City right now? This is every, I'm, and then I could just smile, but I said, I would never trade this. For, it is so intense in the spirit. Golly, it's so intense. But see, when you're reaching the outcasts and the broken and the hurting and those coming off the streets or out of addiction or those coming in hurt and pain or those coming from Baptist and Methodist churches where they don't understand the culture, whatever it is, the tension is always high in the atmosphere. But we as a culture learn to continue to worship and stay the course. And we trust that if a leader comes up. You couldn't have had anybody better than my friend Kevin come up and talk to you today. High seer, probably could teach you some things. So we learn, and now the culture defines what's normal. Remember, the culture defines what's normal. Not me, I set the tone for the culture, but we together as a tribe define what's normal. Culture also defines the language. So what is the language? Well, the language is kingdom. The language is spiritual. The language is healthy and holistic. The language is all of us together. So when you begin to shout or you begin to shout or you begin to shout or I begin to sing out in the spirit, is it by the spirit that brings all of us together in unity? And when it does, we all go before the throne. So we're gonna talk about high praise worship today. Psalm 149 verse six says, let the high praises of God, the high praises of God be in our mouth. Psalm 149, verse six, and a two-edged sword in their hand. Now, this is a very powerful, powerful scripture. It's the only place in the Bible where we see let the high praises of God be in their mouth. Now, what are the high praises of God? Well, first off, you have to understand this word high. It means elevated. It means above. It means worship that, I'll quote my friend Bill Blodgett. Where's, where's he at? It's above average. <laughs> because we have, in a sense, what we know is our average or normal or maybe typical worship. But God wants us to get above it. God wants us to rise up higher and let the high praises of God be in their mouth. But what also comes with it, a two-edged sword in their hand. So this understanding of high means that we're getting above it. That's the mindset of mounting up. Everybody say mount up. Right, so you guys should know the scripture. It's Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up. So why is this scripture so important? Because most of us only have a natural earthly perspective instead of seeing in the spirit and seeing from above it like an eagle does with eagle eyes and eagle vision. So we have to mount up. High praises is this mindset of we're, right, we're going up into another dimension together with the Lord on earth. Everybody say this, on earth, on earth as it is. That's right. So what's going on in heaven? That's what we're going to talk about today. When we worship in high praise, we understand that you're seated in two places at one time. It's Ephesians 2.6. God raised us up and seated us together with Christ. Where? So I'm here and there. 
you're here and there. But you just have to connect with the you that's there. And the you that's there has to connect with the you that's here. And that's a spiritual understanding. That's a mystery of God. You'll have to figure this out. But you need to understand that God has given you a position of governmental authority. So when you worship in high praise, you worship with governmental authority. Let's go back to Psalm 149, verse 6. So what happens is when the high praises of God are in my mouth, there's a two-edged sword in my hand. This word for hand is the word yod. You remember, I taught you guys the word yod. It also is the English word for axle. It means it turns things. So when I begin to engage with the Lord, this two-edged sword that's not only in my mouth, but in my hand begins to shift the atmosphere because I am warfaring and making a governmental declaration to shift my situation and to shift the atmosphere around me. Worship changes things. And high praise worship takes you before the throne so that you can get the help in the time of need that you need, grace and mercy. So when I come into worship, it doesn't matter where I've been or what I've done. I've told you this a thousand times. I don't care how bad I bombed it or what I did. You better believe I'm going before the throne. I call it being a throne room traveler. Why? Because I need help. I need grace. I need empowerment. I need mercy. Mercy, God, have mercy. And if you come washed in the blood with your hands clean and your heart pure, which can only happen by the blood, who can ascend the hill of the Lord? You could go to the bathroom right now, wash your hands for 25, 30 minutes with soap, scrub, 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 and they're not clean. What makes your hands clean and your heart pure? Your religious works and duty and performance or the blood of Jesus? And that gives you access. Everybody say, I have access. Colossians 3.1 makes it so clear. Look at this scripture. Seek the things that are above. Isn't this so good? This means get above it. Where? Where who is? Where Christ is, sitting where? And who also sitting there with him? So when I come in here, I'm seeking those things which are above. Do I have issues and struggles and challenges and finances and bills and questions and hardship and relationship difficulties and conflict in my life? All of that is always present. I wish I could tell you it's all gonna go away, but it doesn't. It's the tension of the both. So you learn, you come in in the midst of the tension and honor the scripture. Christ was raised from the dead, seated at the right hand of God. Now you're seated with him. Seek those things which are above, high praise. This, let's go back to 149, Psalm 149, verse six. Now this word praises, if you look it up, it's all forms of praise. It doesn't give a specific type of praise. There's seven different Hebrew words for praise. It could be lifting your hands. It could be singing. It could be drums. It could be kneeling. It could be sweet guitar. It could be dancing, whatever it is. That's why you do what the spirit demands in the moment. It's not predetermined. I don't predictate. Now, when I get to church today, all I'm going to do is sing. All I'm gonna do is, this is it. This is it. But notice, you may not predetermine before you come, but you'll, pre you'll determine it when you get here. And that's not spirit and truth worship. Now, I'm going to tell you, I think of all the, all the praises, the number one form of praise mentioned in high praise is tehillah, not tequila. <laughs> now, there's some similarities between tehillah and tequila. <laughs> one gives you a hangover and makes your clothes fall off. <laughs> the The other one is beauty and wonder restrained in wild extravagance that gives you no hangover, that intoxicates you and keeps you in your right mind. Man, it's better than any drink you'll ever have. Any drink, any joint, any acid, any mushroom. I don't care what it is. Nothing as good as the kingdom of God and the presence of God in true worship. Psalm 22, three, here's where Tehillah is. 
you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. So I believe to understand high praise, you have to think governmental praise. Why? This word enthroned. You know what this word enthroned means? It means I sat down and made you a dwelling place for my rest. And notice that it's rest and peace and power that overcomes the enemy by the spirit. So when God enthrones our praises corporately, this is another point, is that we're all going together as one, not one solo or two solo or 10 solo. It's all of us together going, can you imagine hundreds of people worshiping the Lord individually and in unity and properly what God does in our midst? I can, because it's happened here. This form of worship's governmental due to the fact that God enthrones and inhabits himself here. So this word enthroned or inhabit means that God dwells, remains, sits, and abides. It's where he sits down, and it's also the place he rules from. Not only does he rule from here, but we become his resting place. Imagine Rock City Church being a resting place. Imagine that, you know, people tell me this all the time. I just feel God when I walk. It feels so good. I can't not be here. Something about the presence of God. Yes, there's tension, but that's because the presence of God's here. And the presence of God draws the good, the bad, and the ugly. Witches come, Satanists come, ex-bikers, bikers, it, whoever it is. Addicts, because the presence of God, where Jesus said, where I'm lifted up, he'll draw all, means all, y'all, men, all y'all. That means people that don't look like you, don't sound like you, don't do what you did, don't, don't do what you think they should do. Think about the fact that governmental rule requires a throne or a chair. It requires peace because when you're sitting, you're at peace. Sat down at the right hand of God, seated in heavenly places. Think about peace for a moment. Peace in the context of governmental authority. Romans 16, 20, it doesn't say, and the God of war, or the God of vengeance, or the God of power. Notice the scripture, and the God of who crushes Satan? Because when you stay at peace in the midst of the storm, when you're resting in the boat and it seems like you're gonna die, when you have power that's restrained by peace, I could kill you, shoot you, take authority. I could do all kinds of stuff, but I choose to be restrained and stay in peace because I'm seated. I'm sitting down at the right hand of God who has all power and authority. And in fact, when you're seated with God, you're above it. You're above every principality, all wickedness, any names that are named, anything that has any might, you're raised above it now. So when you engage with God in this form of worship and you, in a sense, bypass all your issues and your struggles and get to the throne, now you're above it with power and authority. You see differently. You understand differently. God changes you from the inside out. This is high praise. It's governmental. This is the power of the throne. So now let's talk about this word, tehillah. It's unscripted, unrehearsed songs of the Lord that come from your spirit. Make sure you hear this. There's no predetermining this type of worship. It's unscripted and unrehearsed songs, singing in the spirit. They're spiritual songs. It's singing new songs to the Lord. These songs not only bring adoration and thanksgiving, Lord, I adore you, I thank you. I'm, I'm praising him and thanking him for all the things that he's done, but I'm also making a clear declaration of his attributes, his qualities, his renown, his fame, his glory. So now when I engage with who he is, despite my struggle, despite who I think I am or my issues, when I get past myself and I engage with him for who he is, God steps in the situation. That's why I love worship so much. I love worship more than my preaching, even though it's good. No, no. I like worship more than really anything. I mean, I could sit in the presence of God and worship for hours and hours on an end. I get more out of intimate communion with the Lord in worship. Now we need to be taught the word. How will people hear without a preacher? We need to grow and be trained and equipped. But there's nothing like engaging with the Lord in deep, profound, high praise worship. Tehillah is the pure essence of spirit and truth worship in that it's solely between you and God in that it comes from a place of desperation, trust, confidence, and certainty based on his word and what he's already done for you. It becomes confident declarations inside of you. 
You have a treasure chest inside of you. Now you begin to enter into the things of God in another dimension because you're making a declaration and singing a new song to the Lord. This is what's going on around the throne in heaven. Let's go back to Psalm 149. Look at Psalm 149, verse 1. This psalm brings a simple point. Praise the Lord and sing to him a new song. And his praise where? In the assembly of the saints, together with others publicly. This one verse has two different types of praise in it. One of them is Tehillah, and the other one is Halal. Everybody say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is Halal Jah. Hallelujah, or Yahweh, or Jehovah. But this word halal is a word that most of us don't know and don't understand and rarely ever actually engage with. The word halal means to shine bright and boast in a way that makes you look foolish or made into a fool. It's to act madly like a madman. It's to celebrate and rave in a wild and clamorous way, to jump, dance, and be loud like Kayla was doing today. It's halal on a personal, unrestrained, and uninhibited way. And it's where we get the word hallelujah. It's pretty, it's beautiful, I get that. I don't want you to ever stop saying it. But what you need to understand is if you're gonna halal God, then you're not making it at all about you and you're willing to do whatever God says to do when he says to do it. And that doesn't mean I'm always dancing, though I love to dance. It doesn't mean I'm always throwing my hands as an act of war, moving them. If you ever see me around, I'm moving my hands because I just don't wanna leave my hands still by my side or across my arms. I like hand movement because I see them as axles. I see them as turning things. It's, it's a body in motion because around the throne is massive amounts of motion. Thunder, lightning, seven flames of fire, which are the spirits of God. An emerald rainbow circling the throne. Carnelian and Jasper appearance of God sitting on the throne. It is a rave show like you've never seen, minus the acid and the people that don't know the Lord. And the glow sticks. Let me just tell you about this understanding of halal. I'm not going to read to you Psalm 150, the next psalm, but Psalm 150 is only six verses. It's six verses. In Psalm 150, you guys can go read it. The word halal is mentioned 14 times in one psalm. Because that's spirit and truth worship. It's coming authentically from the inside. Now, do I love the songs and do I love when, when we're singing songs and everybody is singing together and you, absolutely, I love that. But I find that I engage into higher praise when I suddenly disconnect and begin to sing from my own heart and my own song before the Lord. Because what's happening around the throne is new song singing. It's call and response, it's antiphonal. You got seraphim with eyes and wings and then you have 24 elders. And, and they call and respond to each other, making declarations based on what they're seeing at the moment. So if I make it to the throne in my worship and I come boldly before him and I'm worshiping, suddenly I'm singing what I'm seeing and we're call and responsing together what God is revealing to us. Can you imagine what that would be like in this sanctuary if all of us were engaged declaring the things that we're experiencing around the throne? Woo! My God! It's so incredible. It's another dimension. You know, just pull up Psalm 150, verse 1. I'll show you this. I want you to see this scripture. This really proves my point. Praise the Lord, halal, halal him in where? His sanctuary. Halal him where? In the mighty firmament. You know what the mighty firmament is? This is space travel. It really is. Praise him there. This is the understanding. That's why so many people try to claim that God is the universe. No, God, the universe is not in control of anything in your life. The universe has no power. God sits above it. But you should praise him there instead of making it be God. Now that's a good word, right? Especially with the whole universe thing. It's the expanse of heaven. It's other dimension worship. <laughs> I told you this message is going to be way over your head today. Psalm 149, let's go back to Psalm 149.6. 
Now, you go read, do this as homework, go read it on your own. I want you to see that this goes from the congregation at worship to an army being prepared for battle. All in one scripture. It turns, it shifts. Here's why. What made Israel different than any, every other army in the world and every other army that they faced? They would not, in fact, God would never let Israel become an army if they didn't have the most skilled weaponry of anybody else. You know what their most skilled weaponry was? It was praise and worship. You gotta see, I'm telling you, this is, this is what gave them the upper hand and the advantage over all their enemies. They forget the, the natural earthly weapons. God says, your strength doesn't come from earthly weapons. The weapons of your warfare are not of this earth. So we fight different. So now what happens is as we worship, God begins to move things. Woo! God shifts your situation. God will shift this city. I, I remember when I was casting a demon out of a stripper girl and she was rolling around on the ground right out of the exorcist. Eyes rolled in the back of her head, foam coming out of her mouth, shirt pulled up to her, you know, breasts. And man, I felt so powerful. I'm just, man, I, I felt so much power. First time I ever cast a demon out. And she had legions of them. And I started getting in my flesh and, and it wasn't working. After 35, 40 minutes, God said, stop doing what you're doing. Stand up and worship me. And this girl was in lockjaw, like in a, in a um, seizure. I stood up, I lifted my, and I promise you, when I lifted my hands, I grabbed onto that 340,000 volt electrical wire. I literally was like sticking my hands in the light socket, my hair, it rushed down my hand, hand and arm into my body. And suddenly as I'm worshiping, that devil that was inside that stripper girl began to flop and bang her head on the ground and scream and manifest like she'd never manifested before. Why? Because I was enthroning God in the situation. Man, you've got to catch this, beloved. This is another dimension. This isn't nice Sunday morning, pretty, cute, sweet, make me feel good, nice. A nice wor worship was nice today. I don't want nice worship. I'm passionate about this because we've been taught, we've been robbed. You have been robbed. I was robbed. Wait till I teach undignified. You know, the number one thing that, that robs, robs undignified worship is dignity. And when you got your joy of your salvation, you flamed on, didn't care what anybody said until suddenly somebody started to put the watchful eye on you or you started to worry about what other people think and you became dignified. That's in three weeks, by the way, three weeks. When a, when a people who's really an army worships and praises God in high praise, there's a two-edged sword put in your hand and things, you shift such situations. His confidence in the face of fear, 2 Chronicles 20, 18, he said, this is when they were, the Israel was outnumbered and he said, listen, all you Judah inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord, don't be afraid nor dismayed because of the great multitude for the battles yours is not yours, but it's God's. So when I worship properly, I'm saying, God, this is your battle because I actually can't fight it right. I don't know how to fight. I don't really know how to deal with all these other things the way that you know how to deal with them. So if you'll just engage the Lord properly, what'll happen? God will give you the download, the blueprints, the insight, the wisdom, and the understanding, or he'll just step in and fight on your behalf, which is what he did. Look at verse 21 and 22 in 2 Chronicles 20. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise in the beauty of holiness. You know what praise in the beauty of holiness is? It's high praise around the throne, sing nothing but pure, unadulterated, super clean I mean, just perf the perfection of perfection, and it drives out all fear. Now I'm praising him in the beauty of holiness, and what would happen? They went out before the army, and they said, praise the Lord. God, man, I just love this. I can't even tell you. This is why you call the mercy card. Never stop pulling the mercy card, ever. I don't care how much you bomb it, blow it, screw it up. Mercy. Wave that card before the throne. 
Come boldly before the throne that you might obtain mercy and grace in the help of the... Pull the mercy card. Because when you go before the army in your situation, you pull that card and you say, praise the Lord. Lord, I'm praising you. All hell's breaking loose. Everything's falling apart. But man, I'm going to praise you. I know it's coming at me on it. I may be crushed on every side, but I'm not going to let myself be defeated because God already won. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Look at the next verse. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord did what? What if the Lord wants to set an ambush on your situation? What if the Lord wants to set an ambush on your struggle? What if the Lord wants to set an ambush on your marriage? What if the Lord wants to set an ambush on your children? And we complain and whine. We're outnumbered on all sides. We're hemmed in. We're in dire straits. Lord, I praise the Lord. Your mercy endures forever, and God reroutes, and now your enemy turns on themselves. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, God will condemn. That's why you have to stop condemning the voices and let God do it. Woo! I feel the Lord on that. Verse 22, when they began to sing, the Lord set ambushes, and the enemy was defeated. Proverbs 21, 31. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance comes from the Lord. Why don't we stop trusting in horses? What's your horse? Your money, your career, your job, your friends, the addiction. Deliverance only comes from God. We got to stop putting our trust in horses. (sighs) That is such a killer word. Oh my gosh. Such a killer word. When I think of high praise, I think about what's going on around the throne. I don't have time to tell you all that right now, but I'm gonna summarize it for you. You know, we say on earth as it is in heaven, I'm gonna change it. You're just like, oh, changing the word. No, I'm not really changing it, but I'm gonna tell you how I think about it. On earth as it is around the throne. So when I think about worship, I'm saying to myself, what's going, and I've read the scriptures, so I know what's happening there. It's right now, night and day. It never stops. It's going on right now above us. So when we come into this house, God says, hey, I want you to partner with what's taking place. You know why you know that? Because our prayers are being caught in a bowl and the 24 elders have harps and bowls and every time a declaration's made, they would take the prayers and flip it back over and send answers back to earth. Now, this is an incredible mystery to wrap our little bitty finite brains around it. But God can give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation to understand that when you send those prayers and those praises up and you partner with what's going on there, God flips the narrative and sends an answer back down to earth to shift your situation. Forget the good preaching. Forget the nice church. Forget, get into the presence of God and get into high praise. We can high praise to the most simplest of songs. It's not about warfare drums. I love warfare drums and lions and tigers and bears. Hey, hey, I love all that. I love all that. But it's not about, it, it has nothing to do. It's never dictated or predicated by the song. It's always by spirit and truth. It's not your personality either. We may be high-wired and wild and crazy and extravagant, and my wife, she's not, she's not going to do some things the same way that I'm going to do it, but she just has to learn to be moved by the Spirit the way God tells her, and that's all I care about, same for you and you and you and you, and I'm not sitting going, man, what are you doing? What's the matter with you? You're, I'm dancing, you're not. I'm lifting my hands, and you're not. That is the most dysfunctional culture of worship I've ever seen. Why is she being so loud? Why is that person doing that? I can tell you right now, there was a lady that was totally in the flesh on the floor once, screaming and shouting, ah, oh, oh, and it looked like the Lord, but it really wasn't. It was more like her flesh, and I went to go correct her, and God said, leave her be. Because even in her fleshly, melodramatic state, I can set her free. You get into the lightning presence of God, this Sanctuary saturated in prayer. This is a vibrant, fiery culture. The cloud of God's presence dwells. Did you, the conference we just had was otherworldly. 
And we're going to come in here the same old way and this, or not understand it when somebody comes for the first time and they're like, ah, la, la. It's like they're getting electrocuted. Now, granted, if it becomes a distraction, it's Kevin or Dawn or someone because, hey, there was a lady, she comes to the next service last week. She was just, now I love her, but, oh, Jesus, I love you. And it was like, if you saw me, I walked right over and I lovingly said, I love you. I love your worship. Don't get offended. Because what happens the minute somebody comes to correct you? Oh, screw this church. (laughs) Sorry about that. I'm so fired up today. I'm so fired up today. Man. This one's going down to the record books, I'll tell you right now. Oh gosh, there's so much to say of what's going on around the throne. The, the 24 elders have golden crowns and white robes and every time the, ser- the seraphim and the winged creatures would declare the goodness of God and the holiness of God and his glory, they would fall down and cast their crowns. And God gave me this revelation, high praise is, is crowning Jesus with your crown that he already gave you. Now he's already crowned, but he wants you to give, give the crowns he's put on you back to him. So high praise is around the throne, the 24 elders, every time, call and response, harp and bowl, songs and prayers, all the same. And everybody standing on the sea of glass has a harp. Every one of you has a harp in your heart or in your throat. All of you can sing. It's a windpipe, a larynx. You can declare the goodness of God right out of your mouth. It's constant call and response, antiphonal worship. It's on another level. Go read Revelations 4 and 5 and 15. Go read it. The train of his robe, Isaiah 6, 1, is filling the temple. And the seraphim are calling to one another. Brad McLennan came. He said he had a vision of the train of his robe. And inside the robe were all the saints in his robe. There's mysteries and wildness going on around the throne and in the temple. Pull up that graphic, and I'm gonna close with this. When I think of high praise, I've said this to Nathan and Mark many times. Mark's like the astronaut, Nathan's like NASA. Right? And I think about launching. You ever think about all the different stages of a rocket launch? First, you have to build the rocket. Listen, the rocket's built, and we're still adding pieces to it all the time with so many new people that are coming. The spaceship's built. And then it has, you have to prepare the launch pad. And you have to purchase the fuel or the propellant, which doesn't get loaded until the spaceship gets on the launch pad. And then... You put the payload on the rocket. And the rocket has multiple stages to carry the weight into the stratosphere. It has a primary stage with a primary engine that, car- that has the most propellant that takes all the weight for liftoff. And then it gets up in just to the edge of the second heaven. And it burns the fuel off and detaches and falls back to earth. And then comes the second stage of the other rockets with propellants that take it even further. But once that rocket begins to get the movement from the first stage and that engine falls off, it's already in velocity. It already moves. And you know what happens when you get around the throne? How many of you saw the um, Virgin Atlantic, it, was it the Virgin Atlantic space deal where they just took the, um, Virgin Galactic just took the civilians up into space for a few minutes? Did any of you watch that? Go watch it. It is mind-blowing. So literally, you see the rocket thrusters' engines fall off, and then the, it propels the spaceship right into space, and they're literally sitting there in their chairs, and as soon as it hits into orbit, suddenly the thrusters stop, and they come floating out of their chair. And it's only for a few seconds, and then all of a sudden, and I mean, it's, it's insane, 200-something thousand feet above earth, and suddenly they start to fall down. 
but you should watch it. When you get around the throne, you float around the throne. When you get into the presence of God, all weightlessness takes place. There's no more weights holding you down when it comes to worship because I'm in another dimension. And when I get into the presence of God, all the weights fall off of me. I want to be a throne room traveler. And I want this church to launch and take off into the heavens. You know, I think about Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. In Revelation 4, 1, John the Revelator, who was the apostle, the apostle John, says, suddenly I saw a door open in heaven and I heard the voice of a trumpet speaking to me and said, come up here. Come up here, beloved. Get your eagle eyes. Mount up. High praise. Come up here and I'll show you the things which must. How many of you have questions in your life and you need answers to? How many of you have a struggle and a challenge and a situation? If you will, you'll get some revelation by, by me speaking. You'll get inspired by me speaking. But nothing happens like you connecting with the come up here. God's saying, come up here. And suddenly, John was in the spirit. And I'm going to say that when that voice had come up here, that John said, here I come, I'm ready. Versus Ezekiel says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, in the hand, or I was in the spirit, and the hand of the Lord took me somewhere. Versus that there's a door open in heaven. Kevin and other seers, you guys have seen those doors. I don't see the door, but I know it's there portals and open access and come for the throne. I don't have it all figured out, but it's all over in the Bible. Let's go where we've never gone before. A new frontier. The final frontier. This is high praise, beloved. This is throne room worship. This is worship that changes your perspective. If you're struggling today, you've got to understand Get your hands. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? I'll say it again. Who can go up the mountain? Who can access the throne? Those blood bought and washed by the blood of the lamb. Make sure that you've surrendered your life. And if you have, and you're born again, you all have access. We can all come. You know, Jesus said, when I'm lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. All of us are going somewhere as a body. God wants all of us, whether you go to this church or not, or if you're watching online, I just want to say never, never settle for earthbound worship. Don't settle for earthbound worship anymore. Tehillah, halal, sing new songs. Engage with the Lord in a way you've never engaged before, and I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, I make a guarantee, I guarantee it, I've been doing this a long time. This is not my first rodeo or my first throne room travel experience. It just gets better every time. Let's all stand. Go read Revelation 4 and 5. Go study what's happening in the throne. Let's partner with what's happening there. And let's partner with each other. We need each other. I need you, you need me. We're all different by design. And if we'll all worship with Tehillah properly in our hearts and get our eyes off each other, we got one eye on the Lord and one eye looking at someone else. Let's get all eyes on Jesus. Can you imagine? I'm a dreamer. Can you imagine what's gonna happen in this house? I, I hope it happens to other churches in this city too. It's not just a Rock City thing. But I'm gonna say, can you imagine what God will do in this tribe and in you and your family and your situation? What if God wants to set an ambush on your situation? That's why complaining is the fastest way to kill God's ambush. And you got, we got plenty of stuff to complain about, don't we? So just lift your hands up to the Lord before I let you go. Come on, this is, this is full surrender. Now, I'm gonna pray a prayer over you that you would have encounters with the throne like you've never had before and that you'd worship in a way you've never worshiped before. Jesus, 
I pray for my family here. I pray for this church and everybody watching online right now. God, I ask that you'd make us all throne room travelers. Come boldly. Let's say it, I'm coming boldly. If you're born again, you're washing the blood. You can get there. Say, wash my hands, Lord, and purify my heart by your blood. I need help. I praise you. I worship you. Hallelujah. Whatever it looks like, Lord, whatever you want, God, I pray for this body and everyone watching. Wreck us, God, wreck us. Please, Lord. Forgive us for earthbound worship, God. Let the high praises of God be in our mouth. The praises of God in the assembly of the saints. If you've been disconnected and isolated from a body in a church, just repent. You cannot go through it alone. Ask the Lord to show you where a remnant church is. If you're watching online, you are a remnant body. This is the type of praise that only happens in the assembly of the saints. God, I thank you. God. Everybody hold your right hand up high. You all have, imagine you have a ticket in your hand. You know what that ticket says? It has a code on it. The code, the gate code is thanksgiving. Say, Lord, I'm so thankful. I'm going to enter your courts with thanksgiving. I got my ticket. I got my code. Open the gate. Open up, you ancient gates. I thank you, Lord. Thank you that we have access. And I just pray, Lord, that you would infuse the understanding of heavenly worship, throne room worship, and the launch into high praise into our hearts. That's my prayer, God. And I bless you. May you never be the same. May you never be dignified. I pray against dignity of trying to look good, sound good, or be something that you're not. And I pray that we'd be unified, that no one would go off in their own direction, but we'd all be one. Make us one as you and the Father are one. We love you, Jesus. I bless this church mightily. In your name we pray, amen.